Good morning. Just some information for you that follow RBM uh, and uh, uh, S2R trips overseas. Uh, I just want you to know that uh, uh, Betty has, uh, or John, well, I think it's Betty, I think it's John, who, who, who talked to people in, in Peru. I did. Betty talked to the secretary of the bishop in Peru. And uh, we're planning a March trip next year. And it seems to be available. Delta is flying. And, uh, and the churches are beginning to meet uh, with the people inside of the building. And so there's a, a lot of hope that the March trip will pull through. It is our first trip to Peru. And we're going to be there quite a while. Because there are many districts. And many of them are on the hills. We already have the right transportation. We have the the right hotel and accommodations, and there's some changes with Delta Airlines. And so let me just inform you of that and bless you. Let's begin the teaching now, which is found in John chapter 20, verses 19 to 25. John chapter 20, verses 19 to 25. Then the same day of the evening, being the first day of the week, Sunday, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Then the disciples glad Then they were glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Whoever, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins are retained, they are retained. And that's pretty much where I can stop. I'm so glad that you're with us this morning. You know, the word peace really bothered me as I read it. Because Jesus says it twice to the disciples. And uh, His appearance was to confirm the resurrection. But when He said peace, a lot of things run over my mind. Because the word peace seems to be, uh, be be stale, be quiet, do nothing, breathe deep, rest. And uh, and I wonder if that's what the meaning of the word uh, uh, peace means. In John fourteen twenty seven, in his farewell, he said, "Peace I leave with you." My peace. So it seems that the word peace here carries a content. It carries a weight. My peace. I leave it with you. Meaning it's not peace unto you, but my peace. Which personifies, personalizes the word peace. Not as the world giveth. Meaning the peace that comes from Jesus to you is different than the peace that the world gives. So there's a peace of the world and a peace of Jesus. So 
He said, let not your heart be troubled. Now you get a little deeper because you are saying that the peace that Jesus has overcomes a troubled heart. You see the connection? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, the peace, my peace, the peace that Jesus has, uh, uh, He says, He'll give it unto you. Not as the world gives, which differentiates between the peace of God and the peace of the world. And then the next thing He says, let not your heart be troubled. Now in John 16.33, He says the same thing, a little different. Look at this. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me he might have peace. That in me he might have peace. So he's associating the peace that deals with trouble, the peace that deals with being afraid, that in Jesus it takes a different meaning. Are you, are you with me? Now, I probably, you probably say, uh, Rick, it doesn't quite uh, uh, grab me but you see, I'm, a, I'm looking for peace. Well, really, I'm actually looking for a pillow. But uh, since, uh, since, <laughs> since I can't get a pillow, I need peace. These are trouble times. These are difficult times. And, uh, and we've got to find a way to sort of uh, balance out who we are in the midst of this pandemic. You know, uh, honestly... I've been cooked up in this office for uh, uh, six, six months, seven months, eight months. I haven't closed the office. We, we, we never closed. We've been open for eight months. And we've been here every morning praying and praying and praying and praying. So I want some peace. And I'm sure that you need the same. And so as I look at this, it begins to clear in my mind. And it clears a little bit. It helps me to actually understand the content of the word peace. In John 16, 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I think of the word tribulation means COVID-19. So what is this peace that Jesus is leaving us with? Is it physical? It is uh, imaginary? It is of the flesh, of the spirit? It's an emotion? Well, let's take a look. Because the more you study this, the more you begin to grasp the, the, the deep meaning of the word peace and the power in it. This is what I'm going to get to this morning. It, 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 when I saw peace first, it sounds like, you know, just, I know, I, I heard that before. What kind of peace you talking about? Hit me in the head. I need something more than that. Slap me silly. I got to have something. So, when Jesus sent his disciples in Matthew 10, 5, and I, I wonder if one of you can read Matthew 10, 5. Uh, beginning with verse 5. You're going to hear peace in the context of a lot of trouble. Go ahead. Go ahead, Betty. 
These twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them, saying, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Keep going? Yes. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two tunics or sandals or a staff for the worker is worthy of his support. And into whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it and abide there until you go away. And as you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, let your greeting of peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your greeting of peace return to you. So, in other words, when you're welcome, stay in it and participate in it. But if you're not welcome, get out of there. But this idea of peace here, it's, it's, it's taken and given in the context of, uh, of the sick, the lepers, the dead, the, 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 the demons. Uh, 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 it's a hostile environment. So if the disciples are going into a hostile environment, such as the liberals of the left, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, then it's got to be a peace that has content, that has power in it. See, we have to, to be in the world, but not of it. And we have to love people that most people hate. Because if we don't love them, uh, then we are not following Christ. Because the peace of God here is, is, uh, is, is, is to, to deal with Jews. Now, it's not Gentiles now. He's talking about Jews. Have you seen Jews that have demons? Well, there's one right here. Have you seen Jews that are leopard? That, that's right here. Have you seen Jews that uh, are mean, hostile? Yes. And I think to be in the world of hostility, it's a good thing. I, 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 just, I just don't want to run away from a world of hostility and suffering and go inside of my church and stay close to the organ and begin to pray close to the bap baptistry. If I, can't, if I can't be in the world... Now Jesus is saying, I'm sending you to, a, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And your peace is going to be given to them or taken from them if you accept it or not. So, that's a context of peace that, that rattles you, doesn't it? Because, uh, that, that's what, so let's take a look. Uh, so, peace in this sense right here, the Greek word for this peace is not shalom. It's irene. Irene. Now, irene... It's a peace that uh, is not a salutation, but peace of mind, peace of spirit, peace of heart. Totally different than Shalom, how are you? Doing good? Good to see you. So in the context of what Jesus is saying here, I want some of this peace because he's talking about peace in the spirit, peace in the mind, peace of the body, peace of your mind. Peace that is deeper than, than a hallelujah. How you been? Good to see you. Now, as soon as he said, peace be unto you, 
He did something. What did he, what did he do, John? As soon as John, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, John 9, 20, 20, 22. He showed them his hands and his side. And then what? Um, Verse 22. Oh, yeah, he breathed on them, saying, yes. Receive the Holy Spirit. Yes. So, so <laughs> why would Jesus breathe on the disciples after he said, Peace be unto you? Because they want him to have his peace. You know, if we follow Jesus, you're going to find situations where he will spit. That won't happen at First Baptist. But it happened with Jesus. In other words, the environment of where he is in these times where he does something, uh, uh, you know, when he was in Bethsaida, he, he spit on the ground, made mud, and put in the men's eyes. But he took the men out of the village. And so the environment dictates a different approach. Now the question is this, after you say peace be unto you, and you breathe on them, is the peace that he's talking about has anything to do with the way he breathed on them? What do you think? Does verse 22, is verse 21, uh, are in the same context? What do you think? Let me ask you. Let me ask you, Frankie. Is the Jesus that says, Peace be unto you, and the Jesus that's breathing on the disciples, blowing air on them, uh, is that the same, in the same context? I think it is. It's it's coming from His inner being unto the disciples. Right. And it, sh it, it will make a difference in your life. Yes. And it did in their lives. It did. How, how about John? Yeah, because, I mean, it says that, I mean, John tells us when he said this, he breathed on them. And so it's it's all connected here. The peace that Jesus is is referring to is directly related to the breathing on them and the reference to the Holy Spirit. It's all it's all there. Now how about Miss Betty? I go back to Genesis 2-7 where it says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so that, that, that meaning breathing with God he breathes it's a normal life. thing. He breathes his now, own now life. Now tell me when Jesus in, 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 in the when Jesus in, in, at, at the cross said it is finished what did he say he breathed his what, what, what was it Frankie he gave, up the ghost. he gave up the Holy Spirit yes gave up the ghost yes his spirit he breathed his last meaning he exhaled is that right and he breathed his last so the peace of God that he's talking about here it's a peace that has content, has power in it. And it is, it is not a principle of just shalom, but powerful expression of your spirit. How about John 7, 38 and 39? If anybody can find that. John 7. I have that. Yes. Um, John seven thirty-eight states, He who believes on me, as the Scripture has said... 
Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they who believed on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, John. So, so here's another connection between, uh, between uh, rivers of living water. The breathing out of it. Okay. So John wrote this shortly after the crucifixion. When Jesus died on the cross, he was resurrected in three days. He was raised with a glorified body, which was one of the signs that all sin had been atoned. And these are the comments from, from our study Bible here. Now, making it possible for the Holy Spirit to come in a new dimension at Pentecost. So, the, the idea that, that, that Jesus in a glorified body is breathing on you, it's a powerful thing. Let me say, let me say this again. The idea that Jesus in a glorified body is breathing on you, it's a powerful thing. And I want you to believe that that when you come close to Jesus, if He breathes on you, take it. Welcome it. Amen. Okay, we've we're got about uh, 15 minutes here to go. So, where do we find this type of peace in the Bible that builds up our, our, how do you say, our understanding of the word peace. Let's begin with Galatians 2, 5, 22. Yes. I've got that. Um, abstain from all appearance of evil. You may go 23 to? 22, and, yeah. And the very peace of, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And Galatians 5, 22. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the fruit of the Spirit. Get it, John. Read it, John. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, okay. long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such things there is no law. So one of the fruits of the Spirit is the word peace. One more time. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we go to 1 Corinthians 12, we study the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, faith, work of mirrors, gifts of healings, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But in Galatians 5.22... You have the fruits of the Spirit, which are what, John? Nine of them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Okay. Notice that the first three are love, joy, and peace. Love, joy, and peace. Meaning these are not emotions. These are revelations that out of the flow of the Holy Spirit will come out of the Spirit. Because fruit of means it comes out of. Amen. Yeah. 
So if it is out of the Holy Spirit, then peace comes out of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I think that, that, that gets it right there. Right? Because if it is a fruit of the Spirit, then the only way you can have the peace that Jesus is talking about when He says, I give you my peace, it has to be of the Holy Spirit. Another scripture that, that I have, I, I, I didn't give you the, the scripture here. I just was running too fast. In the synagogue in Capernaum, in the first year of the ministry of Jesus, there was an unclean spirit there. Jesus says to him, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold your peace, and come out of him, and hurt him not. Come out of him, and hurt him not. Don't you go jumping and running and screaming. Don't you hurt this boy. So even the, the, the demon has a form of peace. Hold your peace. Let's look to Luke 7.50. It has to do with the woman that... Uh, 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 put oil on the feet of Jesus and 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 uh, and uh, remember that. And he said to the woman, "Your faith has saved you. Go in peace." Yes. Go in peace. It should be translated, "Go into peace." In other words, woman, you have blessed me with this oil. And you are embalmed, you, you are uh, uh, treating my body for the burial already. By putting oil on my feet and kissing my feet. The whole time Jesus is talking, she's got her hands on the feet of Jesus cleaning it. How about Luke 8.48? The woman was bleeding for 12 years. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. By the way, a tradition says that her name was Veronica. And that she lived in Caesarea Philippi. I've been to Caesarea Philippi. How can I forget Caesarea Philippi? Something happened there that I'll never forget. And it was a teacher dressed in uh, teaching attire. Talking for an hour about uh, all kinds of things that made me go to sleep. I mean, he was so deep into history that my peace left me completely. And so the group was upset because I just told him, I can't take it anymore. And we fired the guy. And of course, uh, that was an interesting incident there. <laughs> but he took my peace. I, I, I know what it is to have peace. And I know it is when, when my peace is taken from me. How about Luke 10.5? When he's sending the 70 out to minister. He says, In whatsoever house you enter, first say, Peace be in this house. So peace is a powerful word. In John 20.19, first meeting the disciples after the resurrection, he says, My peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Twice. 
Now on the second time, as we begin to follow the word peace, the second time, he talks about something else. Notice that peace is relational to the context here, and you can't miss the context, the next verse, the verse before. What he say, John, after, after he says uh, to them, uh, Peace be unto you the second time. John 20, 19. Yes. Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, okay. even so I send you. So in other words, he, 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 he connects the Great Commission with the peace that he is giving the disciples. Yeah. I've been talking to you about, about, about text and context. And, and what you see is that wherever the word peace from God comes in, be it uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in Matthew 10, be it uh, 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 in John 20, is connected to power, to activity, to direction, to purpose, to power. So what do you say in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18? What is the beginning of the Great Commission? Anybody remember? Go ahead, Betty. What did he say? He starts, he starts, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority okay, has now, been given to me. All? Now, the, the word authority there in, in, in the King James is what? Power. So all power is, been, is given unto me. Now, why, John, would he say that uh, after the resurrection? In a glorified body. Well, uh, I think of Hebrews where it says, in Hebrews 2, where it says that Christ defeated death, which is the power that Satan had over us. Yes. But it's gone now, so Jesus has all power and authority. All power. That's Ephesians 1, 19, 20, 21. He's at the right hand of the Father, and he's all-powerful. So yes. any power we want to have has got to come from him. Yes. And so, and so, if he's connecting, uh, Betty, if he's connecting, go, peace be unto you with the Great Commission, does the second verse that he says, uh, because he says this, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you, is he referring to the Great Commission? Yes, I believe so, and also implying that he did everything he did because the Father empowered him, and now he's going to give them that same power to complete their call. Yes. They're going to receive the same spirit. And so, does, does, it, he does it means that? Let me ask you a question. Does a verse, a verse in context, means what? You're not plucking it out to prove some point of your own, but you're seeing. You are good. considering the, the the surrounding verses yeah. as a thought process. Would I say that? Yep. And so when he says peace be unto you, he's talking about the reason why my peace is strong is because I'm sending you and, and I have all power. Yeah, and Jesus was a man. It says in Luke four, he was filled of the Holy Spirit, he was led of the Spirit, and he was empowered by the Spirit. So he's saying to his disciples, now you'll have that same Spirit with you that was with me to be able to accomplish what I'm sending you to do. Yes. You can't do it on your own. You need that Spirit. Well, 
go, read, read Philippians 4, 7. And, and then Philippians 4, 7, uh, uh, Paul is, is actually uh, writing to the, Philippian, to the Philippi church. And he is saying something that and the very pe- powerful. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So in the, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all comprehension. And so the peace of God here is in the context of guarding above your understanding. Above, oh, so when I say the peace of God be upon you, there's any power in it. Amen. Let me tell you uh, an interesting story. Uh, a little lady fell on the floor. In fact, it was a very, very large lady. And as I came on top of her to pray for her, she grabbed my tie. And she began to pull that tie. It was a silky yellow tie. And I couldn't get out of that choke. I just was just there. Suddenly, came to my mind, I plead the blood of Jesus upon you. And she let me go. Now peace came upon me because I mentioned the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at peace now. In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. So if I connect Jesus to my thoughts, if I connect Jesus with my heart, if I connect Jesus with peace. What is Romans 5, 1 says? Yeah. Give me that real fast. What's Romans 5, 1? Therefore, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God yes. through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. In other words, justification produces peace. The blood of Jesus, the power of the cross, the name of Jesus produces peace. So when he said, peace be unto you, he is just not playing games here. He is simply saying, own that peace, you go into the world. Listen, we've been going to nations one after the other. And I remember we got to Cuba, and, uh, and my God, uh, we got all kinds of equipment, and they're going to charge us in aduana, 100% fee on top of what it purchased on, on the receipt that we brought in. And my heart began to go boogie-boogie. We don't have that money. That's a lot of money. We're supposed to give an offering to the churches. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding come into my mind. And as we move toward our duana, a little lady comes out of a door full of red stars on her dress. And she just begins to speak in Spanish. And meaning, y'all just go out there and don't come down here anymore. Just go. And we're released free of having to pay taxes. That has happened several times. I don't know how many, but those of you who travel with me, uh, we, we, can, we can remember several incidents of that. So peace is good when you're in trouble. Peace is good when you're in, in serious trouble. Those of you who are sick. And so I speak peace to India. I speak peace to Michelle. I speak peace to Olivia. I speak peace 
to Linda, and to Natalie, and to Amber, and to Silas. I speak peace to Denise. I speak peace to Catherine. And I speak peace to Mike. I speak peace to uh, uh, Anita. I speak peace to Tina. I speak peace to, to Mike and Sherry and to Consoli and Catherine. I speak peace to Mary Lucy in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of God. I, I speak peace this morning unto your life. That as you begin and consider the word peace, I tell you, I have some more. Uh, how about Thessalonians 5.23? I got some more. Go ahead, Frankie. And the very God of peace shall sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May God of peace sanctify you completely. How about Galatians 6.6? 6, 6? 6.16. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. How about 2 Peter 1, verse 2? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. How about Hebrews 13, 20? Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Amen. I speak peace unto your life. Heavenly Father, I pray that a troubled heart this morning, a rejected heart this morning, a bleeding heart this morning, an ailing heart this morning, a crying tears out of these eyes this morning, be covered by your peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that sends them to the world to preach the gospel. The peace that the 70 went into the most difficult people in the face of the earth, rejecting the gospel. That peace be upon you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Rosa de Charol Queima a impureza do meu ser Estrela alva brilha em mim Brilha a luz 